Hello and welcome to Leadership, the Future and Tea, a podcast hosted by Andy Davis featuring Ian Moffat, Deborah Hartung and Hitton Bat, a podcast for people who are passionate about making a difference at work. So uh, welcome everybody, uh, this is the inaugural Leadership Future and Tea podcast uh, and I've got my, my great colleagues and friends on the line, I've got Ian Moffat, I've got Deborah Hartung and Hitton Bat. Hi guys, how are you all doing? Yeah, doing good, Andy. Hi to you as well. And hi to Hitan and Deborah. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. We've, we've done the intros in, in the trailer. And if people haven't listened to that, then I'd really like them to go and listen to it. And we've posted some bios on there that we'll, we'll post again at the, at the footnotes of this. So <clears throat> don't really want to do the sort of too many formal intros. What I want to do start off with is just actually uh, give three words to describe yourself. Now, I have asked the guys that I'm going to actually ask this question, but they don't know who I'm going to start with. OK. So I'm going to start with Hiten because he's a great guy and he's going to come up with three great answers. Hiten, three words, please. OK, my three words are number one is blessed, blessed to be alive, blessed to be healthy. Um, and yeah, blessed. blessed. Love it. Number one, creative. Yep. Always thinking of ideas, always thinking of new ways of doing things. And my third one is solution focused. Um, right. Love OK. And yeah, solution focused. I like it. Blessed, so- creative. So it's a beautiful set. Deborah. Nice. So my three, um, I actually, I asked for some feedback on this. So it, it was quite cool to hear what I, how other people would describe me in three words. So the first one is curious. I'm yeah. always learning. I'm always reading. I'm, I'm always trying to get as much information as I possibly can about as many topics as I possibly can. Love it. The second one um, is quite interesting, and that is candid, because mm. I'm very authentic and very much, you know, I, what you see is what you get, and I, I call a spade a spade, and, you know, it, it's just who I am. And then the third one, which is a little bit controversial, I think, for some, is the word maverick. And Yay. that really speaks to being unconventional and thinking outside the box and, you know, seeing the impossible where other people say it can't be done. You know, I'm, I'm always looking for a way around it and, and just being nonconformist, but in a good way, you know. Hey, 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 do you want a random fact? And I think, Andy, you might know this, but I'll, I'll, I'll just chuck it out there. Do you know where the word maverick comes from? Oh, no Please way. tell us. Hitan, did you say you know? No, I don't know. Tell me. Uh, apparently, and and this is this is um, from QI and also Google, so it's not absolutely validated. Uh, an American herder who decided to start branding his cattle, and I can't remember his first name, but his surname was Maverick. That's awesome. Oh wow! <clears throat> and everyone I I said, "Why are you doing that? That's stupid." And he's, hmm. so I, don't I wanna, care I wanna... if that's true or false. I love it. That's brilliant. So there you go. Maverick. I love Maverick, by the way, um, Deborah. I don't see any negative connotation in calling yourself a Maverick. I'm totally down with that. Awesome. Ian, your three. Uh, okay. Yep. So um, I kind of had a little look at myself and thought about it. And I can, I think I'm positive. So I think positive is uh, definitely in there. Um, I love working with people. So if I was to kind of to kind of put that all together, it would be collaborative. I think, yeah, you know, that's yes. that's, a, that's a big one for me. Yep. Um, and I can't help myself. I get up most mornings at half five in the morning. I put my two feet on the ground. I go, rah, let's go and grab the day. So I'm, I'm driven. Wow. Wow. I'm driven. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I, I, I did use those words to describe you, I think, a few others, but that, I'd definitely use those. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Come on, Mr. Davis. I want to well, hear. I, you see, I set this challenge to everybody. And uh, yeah, because I think that it gives you a real insight into people. But I really struggled with this one. Right. So I, I really struggled. So I, I came up with these three. I came up with connector. And Ooh. what I mean by that is about relationship building uh, between people. OK. And introducing people to others. And I hope that hope that actually this podcast is going to do that for other people as well. Uh, either with us or with other people in in their sort of uh, immediate uh, connections as well. So connector, mm-hmm. I can say futurist as well. Um, passionate mm-hmm. about what the future holds, the excitement of it, the positivity, the opportunity, um, and actually sitting down and thinking about the future and what we can do to influence it and, uh, and make the most. And the last one, um, I've always believed in this adaptability uh, well, and the mm-hmm. fact the fact that That's good. You know, I like to be able to do different things i don't never wanted just to sit down and do one thing repetitively for like a 50-year career that's never been any part of my ambition at all so that uh, adaptability to to move with the times i think is really important but uh, but hey there you go so how did you guys find that that exercise was it difficult or was it just like a straightforward thing for you well, as you said, it was, I mean, for me, it was hard. That's why I asked for feedback because, you know, and, and I, I like where Hiten went with this in terms of saying that he's blessed. You know, what's interesting about yeah. what all four yeah. of us said is some leadership competencies came out here in terms of being collaborative and the gratitude, Hiten saying that he's blessed, Andy, your adaptability, you know, all of us, this whole idea of thinking outside the box and doing new things that other people yep. are too afraid to do. Um, yeah. But it, it actually is, you know, we speak so much in leadership about self-awareness mm. and we teach other people this. But then when you say something like describe yourself in three words, yeah. it is yep. it is tough because which three yeah. words, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, because there's so many dimensions to us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was tougher than than meets the eye. And I would I would encourage anyone listening to this to do the same thing. Try and describe yourself and maybe ask for feedback. See, see what three words others would use for you. It, it is tough, isn't it? When, when someone asks you to do a summary, you know, it, it, it's often the thing that you have to spend the most time. If someone says to you, go, you know, go away and, and do a half hour, a three quarter an hour piece or do a long piece without the restrictions or too many restrictions, it's fairly easy and free flowing. The minute they say you got three words or you got one word or you've got, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's hard work. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hitan, I loved yours. Blessed. Yeah, uh, no, I, I think it's always inter- I think it's always interesting to um, uh, describe, see what you think of yourself, and see what others yeah. think. What does your wife think? What's yeah. the, what's the what's the three words she would use? I asked her this morning. Yeah, I won't. Interesting. Back to you. But yeah, no, <laughs> listen, I, I love it though. I love the fact that you kicked us off with that whole process with the word blessed, and I just think that's a that's a fantastic yeah. place to start from. And uh, and actually, if you if you took those twelve words and Deborah, you talked about leadership competencies, um, I reckon you could get a damn good leadership competency framework out of those twelve words. You won't be far off. So, uh, no, so it's a good starting point, isn't it? But yeah, so the challenges out there to to all the listeners is actually what three words would you use to describe yourself? Uh, we all can sit and write a four page CV and everything else, but boil it down to those three words. It's probably the toughest task that you get in a day. Um, so let's let's build a bit more on that, okay? Because uh, what we also talk about uh, in terms of leadership in its in its widest forms, we you with leadership, you learn from people as you go along, right? In every walk of life, in every job, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, 
Um, and I'm going to talk about uh, learning from uh, bad leaders at the end, I think. Uh, but let's let's just have a talk about for a minute. Um, what what leader is it that you've looked at that actually that you've admired, that you've got something out of, that you've worked with? Just, you know, what was the sort of leader that sticks in your head, basically? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. What's the leader that sticks in your head the most that you've met in your life? Ian, do you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, many years ago, I uh, studied martial arts and there was a, a, a very bigger than life character. He was he was the highest Dan outside Japan uh, that ever achieved it. Um, guy from Wishaw in Scotland. And uh, he, he had this combination of things going on where you would you would find yourself stretching yourself way beyond before beyond what you thought you were capable of. Um, yeah. And and a kind of it's a really weird but a kind of combination of of, of respect and uh, fear because you were stretching yourself and looking inwards at yourself it wasn't so much about the physicality physicality as the sort of the mental sort of the endurance of yeah. that sort of, yeah. yeah so um but I, I don't know if you got the bit but you know what I'm really saying is you know i i try and avoid having heroes because sooner yeah. or later you get you get let down but there's yeah there's probably three people i'd say in my life and he's one of them that were just whatever the circumstances that changed you you never changed your view of them so you know as you're a kid and you grow up you you kind of hold some people in high esteem and you yeah, get to, yeah. you get to certain certain points in life and then you go oh, actually you know when i look at it now with the lens yeah. i've got maybe they weren't so great but yeah. uh, you know that was one of those three people that was just consistently amazing. great that's amazing so there you go. amazing well, uh Hiten, who's yours i'm gonna well, I, I think i might know but go on Hiten. No, I've got, you know, I said I was blessed. And one of the reasons is I've had so many great teachers, mentors, mm. coaches, and uh, people that I've worked with as, uh, that, I can, that I can draw upon. It's interesting, Ian, that you mentioned martial arts because, um, you, know, I've, you know, I used to be bullied in school. And my dad, one of, one of the things my dad said was to start, start karate. And that was my journey to martial arts. And martial arts gives you such an amazing, um, you know, way of personal development. And there's so much philosophy. Yeah. And teaching that comes from martial arts, and so yeah, so yeah. I can make plenty of martial arts teachers that have definitely um, molded my thinking. But what somebody that I've I've, I've had the uh, honor of working with is, from a business point of view, is a uh, is a chap by the name of Byron Dixon, OBE. He's the founder and CEO of um, a business called Microfresh International. Right. And I'll just give you a little bit about. It. So 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 he comes from very humble beginnings. You know, he was. Uh, you know, grew up on a council estate, single parent, uh, one of five children uh, from Jamaica. And, you know, he had a passion for chemistry mm. and he took his passion for chemistry. That was the subject that he excelled at. He didn't find yeah. any, any of the other subjects too interesting, but he excelled at chemistry. And then from that, he's just worked so hard and built an amazing business, uh, Microsoft wow. International, um, you know. And the thing about, Byron is that anybody that knows him, he's actually famous for his smile. It's called the famous Byron Dixon smile. He's wow. an absolute yeah. powerhouse of positive energy. And that positive energy is actually, you know, go, you know, you can feel it when he walks into the room. Um, leaders always impact the team. Their energy impacts the team. Cool. Uh, and, 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 and Byron's a great example of um, really a really positive influence on the team. And, and the other thing I'll just mention about Byron um, that may, 
that, that made him stand out in terms of in terms of his leadership is he's leaders also develop other people. Leaders grow. Yeah, leaders. Too true. Um, and you know, he's 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 actually sort of mentored um, and built a leader that is very powerful. Her name is Jigna Voru, and she's now the uh, company's chief commercial officer. But she started at a junior level, and mm. she's, and, and she's become like an almost like an intrapreneur. So so right. so she's felt the that you know the business is her own, and she's she, she's taken the business in, in 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 lots of different directions. But I think that comes down to um, trusting people um, and really building that relationship. So leaders grow leaders, and Byron's a great example of that. So so, so he cool. stands for me. Awesome, love it, love it. Deborah. Yes, so interesting what both Ian and Hiten have said around leaders growing leaders and working with someone who just really in, inspires you and empowers you and and sees a future that you can't necessarily envision for yourself. Mm. And, you know, over the past 12 years, I've had the honor of working with some amazing leaders in some amazing organizations. And sure. none of that would have been possible had it not have been for my very last full-time boss that I had. Right. He was an HRGM. He sadly passed away last year. He um, was an HRGM who'd come from a very big multinational into the financial services industry. And I mean, I was in my late 20s when I encountered this gentleman. And just the, the clarity that he brought and just, just how chill he was, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What, what he really did, I think, and we speak about inclusion and diversity and, and belonging now. Back then, we didn't really use those words, you know, in the early 2000s. Yeah. But he was just so chill about creating a space where everyone could just be who they are. That's powerful. And mm -hmm. he would respond to everyone. You know, he would meet you where you were in terms of your evolution and your growth as an employee, as a leader, as, as a team member, as everything. And he's the person who actually encouraged me to yeah. venture out on my own. Um, he's the person who said to me, you don't belong in corporate. You yeah. should be working in consulting. And not only did he encourage me to do it, he actually gave me a platform from which to do it safely. So he, he, he effectively fired me <laughs> and then hired me back on a retainer Brilliant. So that I so that I could start my own business. Yeah. And were it not for him, I don't think that I would have discovered my own power and my own abilities. And um, I would not have had the opportunities that I've had if someone didn't see potential mm. in a late 20 something year old young woman. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, what a beautiful story. I'd love to love to hear more about that, Deborah, because I'm sure there's there's more to that. Um yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, we'll come back to all of these in a minute, but uh, I'm going to um, talk about one of the most fantastic leaders I've ever met and had the pleasure to work with was a, a lady called uh, Millie Hammersley. And, and I met Millie when I was 14 and she gave me my first job as, as a Saturday boy working at her uh, one of her, her, her uh, companies. Basically, we were printing boxes. But um, the incredible thing about Millie was that uh, when I met her, she was probably nearer her retirement age. Um, than she was to her starting age let's put it that way she um she'd had a fantastic career uh, and you know as a, as a as a high achieving businesswoman um she'd had her sort of 
probably she'd describe her heyday maybe the 60s and 70s and she'd driven around with um film stars in sort of e-type jags and she'd been a director of a football club as a lady when you know that wasn't the wow. thing that was done mm. so she she'd she'd properly pushed the boundaries in her life and including in business and uh, and i had this immense pleasure of um working for her for about three to four years uh whether it was on a saturday or some sort of part-time work but the most incredible thing was and again it comes back to this bit about leaders building leaders was actually the way that she took the time to actually just sit down and explain to me some of the real basics about business and work and and actually some of the negotiation as well and in terms of how things worked with the suppliers and the customers and it was incredible that she was that open and forthright and she she used to pick me up um from the edge of the <laughs> edge, edge of the a34 i don't think she should have stopped on it but anyway uh, she used to pick me up on this dual carriageway and we used to get a lift into work together for the last few miles and um some of the conversations that we had there about business just you know in the confines of the car there you know it was great i mean she was super honest she was she was really transparent about everything to do with it so i think that from a very early age i had this real real sort of passion about business and and, and really getting on and actually seeing somebody that had truly achieved uh yeah that was an inspiration that was that was incredible mm. so yeah there you go um so what what does everybody think to that, that everybody's actually pulled out there? I mean, we talked about the kind of leaders making leaders, but to me, I also get the bit of that what we're all saying is that everybody's influenced at a young age by a leader. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I think you can keep, you, you can keep um, getting inspired by people th throughout. I think it's just that the, um, isn't it great when people see something in people and they, they're, they're willing to put the investment of time in, because, you know, found this when we, we have, uh, you know, uh, new hires, you know, uh, you're, the younger generation is the effort you put into them that you get, that you reap the rewards in the, in the years to come. So it's a real sort of long term kind of view, you know, and I, and I, I thought, um, you know, for the person I put there, that's it was about that. I was I was in my 20s, um, you know, they put probably four years worth of investment into what what I did it's the same with your business leaders if you think about it is is the amount of time they spend and what yeah. they put into you I, I think you still as you get older you can come across you still come across people like that it's just you've got a lot of you know <laughs> a lot of that cup's been filled up right yeah yeah definitely definitely everybody else on that one well they say you never forget a good leader a good yeah. teacher yeah. you never forget a good teacher you know yeah definitely um, and i think uh, i think especially in your formative years you know um when you're young and you know if you come across somebody that uh tells you that you can do something that believes in you that's massive yeah um, i think that's the that thing that stays with you for the rest of your life and i, I always believe that the your first teachers are your are, are your parents and as i said I, you know you, you know i've been blessed to have really great you know parents that sort of support and love you and, and and tell you you can do anything that you put your mind to you know and I think that's that's massive that's a really mm. strong foundation for, uh, for, for 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 anyone to to build upon yeah definitely definitely and and I I really believe in the fact that uh, that where you you can learn from leaders you know, learn from all the good stuff that people have done uh, one of the really important things is actually to learn from the bits that you didn't like that you wouldn't want to repeat and, you know, when I've had uh, 
people work for me and they've come to sort of leave and move on, whether it's internal transfer, whether it's, you know, they've secured something elsewhere. You know, my words have always been to people, you, you'll naturally do the, the good stuff anyway, right? But what I want you to kind of take away from me is the, the bits that you think that you can do better. Mm. Because actually that is about improvement for you, not not just this repeating, this copying thing that you, you've got to be incrementally improving all the time. And, and I think that's a really important thing for people is, is take on take on board the, the bad stuff and, and then go and not do it and do something that's better than that. Yeah, I think it is, that really feels right to me because, um, you know, my character and some of the people I, you know, work with and respect are are not the ones where it's it's not just about the inspiration piece and the positivity, as you say. It's about the the candor time sometimes, the the respect to give, um, you know, feedback, mm, which is, you yeah, know, f- mm. feedback is feedback, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if and and sometimes you kind of need to be in that slightly uncomfortable position, you yeah. know, um, yeah. because that's what stretches you, right? So I think I think it's um, you know, the the one the leader I talked about earlier on. Um, it wasn't. It, yeah, there was lots and lots and lots of stretch there as well. Mm. Of course. Yeah. Hey, Deborah. Um, this week you posted something on LinkedIn um, about some of the leaders that had really uh, come to the fore over the, the pandemic. Um, yes. To, can we turn our attention to that because it was a really good post? You posted a picture of two guys. Do you want to tell yes. us about those? So I love them. Um, these two guys, <laughs> love them. Big fan. Um, fangirl moment here. So I have been supporting them. Their names are Vince Revere and Enrico. Um, oh, my gosh. It's a very difficult Italian surname, Enrico um, Ferrigalli. Okay. And um, the two of them founded this company, um, 2016, 2017, that is an on-demand alcohol delivery app. So for anyone who's ever been at a party, you know, on a weekend and run out of tequila at 8 p.m. and realized that the liquor store is closed. And even if the liquor store was open, no one's in any position to be driving anywhere. Um, You know, these guys saw a gap in the market and they created this app to deliver alcohol on demand in the major cities here in South Africa. Fantastic. And um, when our coronavirus lockdown was announced, so we had a government-mandated lockdown that started on the 26th of of March. Yeah. And one of the rules of our lockdown, which is I think we're the only country in the world that's done that, they have banned the sale of alcohol and cigarettes during our lockdown. Wow. So, I mean, for these guys, their whole business revolves around delivering alcohol to people. So they were faced with an existential crisis and, you know, they admit they're, they're very vulnerable about the fact that they, they were like, their first thought was, oh my God, you know, what are we going to do? How's our business going to survive? How are we going to take care of all of our people? Because we're on a government mandated 28 day lockdown, which got extended and we're still not allowed to purchase or sell alcohol anywhere in the country. And what these guys did literally within less than a week is they managed to pivot their business from being alcohol delivery only to actually become a grocery delivery supplier. Oh, that's a big pivot, that is. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. And they have actually grown their business. They have grown their footprint and they have created jobs when so many other organizations are closing down. And the secret to their success, really, when you listen to them speak and you look at what they did, 
is they had their moment of panic yeah. and thought, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And then they got super clear and they were like, okay, what relationships do we have that we can leverage? What yeah. technology do we have that we can leverage? And how can we help? Yeah. And they went to one of our biggest um, food retailers here in South Africa. Think of almost like a Tesco or a, you know, Asda kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Big that surprise. Kind of size. Yes, Waitrose. Yeah. Um, went to these guys and said, we've already partnered with you in many cities to sell alcohol. You know, so there's already um, a systems integration and all of those things happening. So, and, and they were just really, they just simplified it. They were like, you know what, all of this works on barcodes. If we could list alcohol on our app, we can yeah. just as easily list bread and milk and eggs and margarine. Brilliant. And that's what they did. And and it's amazing. And they actually offer in-store pricing. Um, and then they just charge, you know, a delivery fee. And they've got they've they've given you the ability to tip their drivers as well yeah. who come and deliver the groceries wow. for you. So it is absolutely amazing to hear their story. And interestingly, they're adding more and more grocery products. Yeah. And they've said that they're actually diversifying their entire business model now. They will never go back to just being an on-demand alcohol delivery service. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I think there's awesome. a lot of businesses now really thinking about that uh, in terms of the whole diversification and uh, not putting all their eggs in one basket. Um, anybody else got any thoughts on that and what they've seen recently? I, I, I think that's about bravery, right? We go back to, Deborah, what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, don't we, there? That... Um, that you know that that's a real brave step. I know that it's probably an, a necessity, otherwise they're out of business. But that's still a brave step. It it was a brave step, and you know if you think from a from a branding perspective, you know your company. So their company is called Bottles, the yep. alcohol delivery app. You know that is that is your brand identity. Yeah. And it it is a, a very brave, very ballsy move to not only say what does our country, you know what what does our country need from us right now? But what do we need to survive? And I think, you know, Ian was speaking earlier on about euros. And I think it's not just about euro worship of individuals. We do sometimes treat our brands and a business that we've built as this this holy cow almost and this hero. Yeah. And we're, we're too scared to deviate from our original premise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, if you, look at, if you look at these guys, if they yeah. didn't do that, and if they didn't do that super fast, yeah, yeah. they would be out of business by now. That's yeah. a great, it's a great point there because, and, and sorry, by the way, I'm, I'm thinking of forming a, uh, my internet keeps dropping off. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's, it's like th there was a band called fallout boy, wasn't there? Yeah, there yes. was. Yeah, yeah. From now on, I, I, uh, from now on, I, I want to. I don't really known as Internet Dropout Boy. Listen, but, only uh, only if you if you dye your hair like the the <laughs> luminous green. That's the only way that I'll accept it. Let, let me let me come back to you on that. Um, so, <laughs> the, I think you're right. You know, it's about thinking, right? You know, because yep. you're absolutely right. You talk about that brand and isn't it great that I, I get that there was a pressure and the need for change, but look at the innovation, the moment of, of expanding the thinking to say, well, actually, you know, these are the components we can take to that, that new proposition. And, you know, and what's probably holding us back was that brand and that name. So let's just, you know, let's, let's preserve what was great and let's shift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that takes a bit of doing. Uh, I mean, uh, I think, um, I, I, th I, th I think you're right, Ian, that, that, that pivot, you know, um, 
again, being solution focused, um, just coming back to Microfresh, for example, um, Byron's business, um, what they, what, what they, what the field that they were in was um, they, they, they actually produce a antibacterial treatment uh, that's very versatile, um, you know, applied to beddings, towels, footwear. Um, it sort of prevents odor and prevents E. coli and all of this kind of stuff. But what they've what what they've done is they've pivoted and now um, they've they've moved into producing hand sanitizers with microfresh. Yeah. Uh, they've produced their own mask with the with, with the microfresh coating, um, and they've also gone into fogging machines now. So fogging machines is you know where uh, the smoke sort of goes into uh, in, in, into the room and um, sort of there's a microfresh coating on all the surfaces. So. This is again thinking ahead, thinking what the need is, um, yeah. and thinking about what our new normal is going to be all about. So, this, and it's amazing to it's amazing to see businesses across the board um, embracing online. You know how how quick yeah. you know how quickly. What, what one thing that this whole virus has forced us um, to do is to you know sort of uh, forced us to adapt, forced us to sort of work from home you know there's always that that resistance about maybe a resistance about people working from home and all of this but 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 this whole this whole pandemic has proved that we can work from home that businesses can shift and can yeah. um so yeah it's just amazing to see that see that pivot and see that change it's, yeah. it's all that kind of necessity and invention piece isn't it really but you know if, if i if i kind of you know take the sort of three thousand foot view when you look at that that's that's agility is going to be and that that agility uh, and openness that ability to um with our horizons on strategic planning have been shortening anyway i think covid-19 is just shone a light on uh, on on reminding us all that it's a really uncertain world right and it changes rapidly mm. so you you kind of got to you've got to integrate things and you've got to look for those opportunities and you've got to be prepared to be agile not just in the execution, but really like your um, your example, Deborah, you know, the agility of thinking to reimagine stuff mm, and do yeah. that pivot is, is is a vital skill. So uh, so that all those are really, really practical stuff. And uh, I, I don't know whether I'm going to take this down a level now and talk a little bit about um, empathetic leadership as well, because I think at this time it's never been needed more to actually understand what people are going through. Um, and you know, one of the one of the best examples of this that I actually saw recently uh, was um, from Jacinda Ardern out in New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I think this lady's amazing. Every time I, I read about her, there's just like another example of, of incredible leadership and really from the heart. Uh, she she reacted so well after the uh, the New Zealand shootings and changed their gun laws literally in the space of about 40, 48 hours. I think it was. It was incredible to see. But a couple of weeks ago, um, the bit that I absolutely loved, and this really struck a chord, was actually to come out and say publicly that uh, the Easter Bunny was was not subject to quarantine and could actually go out and make its rounds. <laughs> uh, That's great. And, and you know, the, the reason I loved that is that actually, um, you know, I, I see there's a few kids at the moment um, that, that I know of that are really struggling with the lockdown, with the mm -hmm. really not being at school and not actually having that social interaction yeah. and just little things like that uh, i actually think anything that people can do in any level of leadership for any of their people right is is really really critical and 
there's there's starting to be some stories come out actually about that within businesses as well. Mm. I just wondered what you think about that more empathetic approach to uh, to leadership than the really killer practical of changing business models overnight. Could I could I just ask a question on that? Because mm. I'm I'm kind of pondering this, and it it might sound really really obvious, but um, it's this kind of really weird. Bit, and get ready to press the button if you think I'm meandering too much, Andy. But <laughs> it's that kind of you know, it's like a it's like a seesaw. It's like a pivot, right? So the systems had the pressure put down on it where we've become isolated, and at the same time we're becoming more community altruistically conscious. Yeah. Right. I, I think when we had so much freedom, um, we actually were getting it felt like and this is a generalism as a society, we're getting more and more self-centered. And, mm -hmm. you know, so so it kind of does remind us of the very common connecting human factors when we have situations like this. Uh, I used to live in Scotland and every now and again, about every 10 years or so, the in southwest Scotland, the winds would come up from the south and we would have a really heavy snowfall. And you saw the best of people with everyone pulling together to help yeah. each other out at that point. Yeah, sure. So there's, yeah. there's some, something like that. So I'm not, I'm not in any way trying to diminish the good acts of people. What I'm saying is generally we're community animals, right? It, yeah, there's an instinctive yeah. thing that, that takes place in these situations. When you, if, you, if you read about it and you looked at it on paper, you'd say, well, they're, they're more isolated. They're going to be very, very focused just on their immediacy of their family. I'm not yeah. saying it isn't correct, but it's it's interesting to see how that stuff works. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, you know, I I made this comment a couple of weeks back on a on a global thing that I was participating in with Hanley on on a brain food marathon, and you know, I was talking about behind the masks um, because I feel like there's these personas that we step into when we go to work, you know, and and to to a certain degree, it it was hiding behind this label of professionalism. You know, leave your leave your personal problems at home, and you know you put on the suits, and you're a different person. And I think what this pandemic has done um, is it has, to an extent, it's accelerated the need for for deep empathy. So for a long time, I've been a major proponent, and I've said the single biggest competency, ability, skill that any leader needs in the new world of work is empathy, because mm -hmm. I think that's going to that's going to enable you to just understand that people have got different challenges and where they're coming from and creating a deep sense of belonging and empathy for me is the thing that sets people apart. And, and I think what's think, happening now. Mm? I, was, I was just going to jump in there, Deborah, and say, and don't you think that I, I'm agreeing with you hundred percent that, that actually the, the COVID-19 has actually given people that insight into other people's lives that probably didn't have before. You know, the, the, just Completely. the thing of yeah. sitting on a WebEx with, with cameras on, um, you have different and conversations with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing my kids and seeing the dog and seeing that yeah. my house is just as messy, you know. And I mean, it's great how quickly Teams <laughs> and Zoom and everyone has innovated and and allowed yeah. you to change your background, you know. But yeah. what I think it's doing, and and that's why I said behind the mask, because the mask is such a metaphor for yeah, sure. the pandemic, and 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 that it's protecting and that it's something to hide behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think what this is creating is that it is creating a world in which, you know, can we really go back to how things were before? Now that I've seen your kids on a Zoom call and I've seen you shout at your dog 
just like I started mine, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. or you, the, the day that I was wearing a hat or a scarf on my head because I was having a really bad hair day, can we really go back to treating each other the way that we used to and to almost trying to live in this bubble and this denial yeah. that Debbie at work um, is not also a wife and a mother and, you know, and so many other things to so many other people. Can we, can we still keep on doing that? Or do we have to face the fact that not only have we got work-life integration because work is now from our homes, mm. but we've also got to integrate those personas. And, you know, there's all the jokes as well where people, there was this amazing Twitter feed that I saw where people were like, oh, my God, I am married to let's circle back guy. You know, all of that jargon that we use at yeah. work where people in their relationships, again, my husband after 12 years of being married to me is getting to see me in a different light. The way that I interact with people and the things that I say, and I'm seeing him as well. He is honestly, he's the let's put a pin in that guy. You know, I, I don't know how I feel about that. You know? <laughs> what do you reckon, Hitem? What's your uh, sort of exposure to this over the last few weeks? I think that, um, you know, there's, there's, we're all in the same boat now. This, this, this thing has, this pandemic has put us all in, you know, all, all in the same position. And um, it's a I leveler, believe, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, believe, yeah, it's a really good point, Andy. It is. Yeah, and it's just kind of. I, I think we're all vulnerable. I think that we're all. Um, yeah, there's there's a massive piece about mental well-being, yeah. Um, yeah. people's stress levels, and you know, just just imagine the scenario. Imagine the, you know, imagine the mum or dad that's, you know, homeschooling, working from home, trying to progress their careers, trying to find trying to find things for their kids to do, trying to, you know, <laughs> um, at the same time, juggle this, juggle their whole life from home and, um, and, and every day, you know, putting food on the table and coming down the stairs with a smile on their face, yeah. being positive. That's leadership. You know, yeah, of that's, course. You know and one of the things, one of the things I always say is that everyone's a leader. Everyone, lead, lead, leadership's at all levels. You know, um, Sweden's Princess Sophia really impressed me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely amazing. She could have, she reduced her royal duties, um, you know, to go and volunteer. Yeah. And, and that is empathy, isn't it? That is leadership. Um, and you know, before this whole thing, before this whole thing sort of kicked off, you know, there was a lot of talk about emotional intelligence and what the leadership of the futures, you, you know, what are the key skills of future leaders? And I think that this has now made that whole piece about emotional intelligence, empathy, connecting with people. So, yes, we on one side, we have technology and we have automation, digitization and all this um, tech. But what's happened is that um, this pandemic has definitely, I think, brought out more of the human side as well. And that's so important. As time goes on. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, I'm I'm going to start to wrap this up right in the next few minutes, but um, because I think what where we're getting to is uh, is about change, and uh, we always said that we were going to do episode two on change, and wanted to, wanted to talk about transformational versus transactional change because I think we're in a 
a period now of, of necessity of transformational change. But hey, listen, that's just my opinion. We'll come back to that on the next one. But what I want to do is just talk about some of the questions and some of those sort of takeaways that we want to give to people right after today's session. So um, what, what question is it that you want to leave leaders with? after today guys and and when i say that we, we we all agree that leaders occur at every different level in every organization doesn't matter what you do okay uh, and even as you say here ten in the home there are mm. leaders right mm. uh, so what question is it that you want those leaders to think about over the next few weeks uh, for me uh for me a kind of um it's almost like a kind of mantra of um of continually thinking about how can you do better in a situation so it's kind of like a, a, a kind of preparing for a situation and then coming out the other side of it is um you know what have you learned and what could you have done differently in that situation because mm -hmm. you know because yeah. it kind of guides your thoughts when you're in the middle of it if you if you go into a situation thinking what would i what what how much of a regret do i want to have of not doing things differently yeah. so it kind of opens you up to a bit yeah, um, you know, I, I have to practice, uh, you know, really have to practice my active listening. I'm getting better these days, but I used to be a terrible listener. Right. And so for me, that was a that was a really important thing is to say, OK, so when you when you pick over the bones of this, if it's a meeting or if it's yep. a project or something, you know, what are you going to regret? Uh, what are you going to learn and what are you going to want to have done differently? And sure. you, it does, doesn't stop the learning because there's always no, no. stuff, but it does get you thinking about, OK, well, you know what happened last time yep. what can i bring forward so it's it's that it's continually i suppose it's remaining sort of humbly open and yep. um, learning does that make sense got it like it totally. okay great okay uh yeah. deborah for me you know if i if i bring it back to the three words that i use to describe myself in terms of being curious being candid yeah. and and being a maverick and questioning everything and and we tie it in now with what ian has said around learning um, I saw this amazing quote that's been doing the rounds on social media. And, you know, you speak about being a futurist and there's just so much that people have, have torn us down for over the past five years around our approach. And, and now people are starting to see, okay, but wait a minute, maybe they were onto something, you know? And the quote that I'd like to leave everyone listening with right now is in our haste to yeah. get back to normal, we need to take some time. And we need to figure out what parts of normal are worth getting back to. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So, so that for me is about the learning. What regrets are you going to have? We've got a chance yeah. to push the reset button yeah. on leadership, on the world of work, how we treat each other. What are you going to change? What have you learned from this? And what are you going to do better? Wow. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Got it. Got it. Like it. Right. It's in. Okay. Well, Deborah, you, 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 you did a quote. So I've got to, I've got to do a quote as well. So this one, this one is from my, um, uh, uh, my, my, my spiritual guru, actually, his holiness, Pramukhswami Maharaj. And he always said in the joy of others lies our own in the good of others lies our own. And in the progress of others lies our own. So the meaning of that is to always look to how you can do something for others. And, and, and from a leadership perspective and from a team perspective, if you're in a leadership position, can you reach out to your team members? Can you reach out to the people within your organization or within your family and, and just ask how they are? 
don't talk business don't talk the things to do list mm. ask how they are take out the time and care yeah. for people's wealth and people are people are doing that but i think yeah they are if yeah. we if, 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 if we do that more and more you know it's gonna it, 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 it's gonna be good it creates good all around so take out time and ask people how they're doing and um yeah that's that, that that's what i would say Love it. It's Love brilliantly, it. it's brilliant and practical as well. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely I, fantastic. I like that. Yeah, the progress of others. Yeah, love it. That's uh, that's great quote. I'm going to think about that one probably for another few hours to ten. So I'm I'm going to leave a really practical question with people, and um, and it's simply that knowing what you know now, where would you have spent your time in the weeks coming up to the lockdown? <laughs> oh, Right. And, and the reason I ask that, the, and I know that's a massive question, but the reason I ask it is that, and you know, me and Ian have discussed this over the last few weeks, is that the amount of business continuity plans and strategies that people have uh, either spent millions on, first of all, or spent very little time on and it's just a dusty folder in a, in a corner of a room that really has paid no attention to, what what value do those hold now? Because actually, there's a lot of things that we've prepped for that the last sort of eight weeks have just made meaningless. Um, and I'd say that the business continuity plans, where people only ever worried about whether a building was going to get knocked down by a you know sort of giant strike of lightning or something, that's just been the the worst example to plan for. It's a, it's about the people, and I think that that's where people's planning actually hasn't been uh, for many many years. I think it's I think it's a great question. I need, I need to ponder it. I need okay. to ponder it. Cool. But um, everybody, right? Every walk of life can think about that, including in the home, right? So, what would you have done different in the weeks prior to? Uh, even people at home hit end, the leaders at home might have a different answer to that now, mightn't they? Mm. Yep. So, so let's let's. Uh, I mean, we're, we're right on time. Um, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it there. I'm afraid. And well, we can't uh, we can't quite call it there though, Andy. Go on then. Why not? Ian? We do have to sing you happy birthday. I, oh, I edit so, so we so we uh, we can't we've got to leave this is very human right it's very very human so uh, and and all three of us love you a bit mate you're a, you're a wonderful yes. you're, you're a wonderful man so um how do we feel about warming our throats up and singing a, a, a one okay. verse of happy birthday to andy are you up for that hit and deborah yeah, let's do it let's do it okay so yeah. a one two three four Happy birthday, Happy, Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Andy. Happy birthday to you. Oh my God, that's, that was terrible. <laughs> that's amazing. There's, there's words let's to never, describe that, but I'll go with amazing. <laughs> let's, let's, let's never talk about this again. That was a four-chair turn on the voice, and that was a turn in the opposite direction. We're all like different tones, different speeds. <laughs> <laughs> we all had the same love for you there, Andy. Oh, that's that, that, that's because we're all on the same page. I love it. I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, look, well, listen, uh, we're going to wrap up there. Uh, that's um, Leadership, the Future and Tea. And uh, next time we're going to talk about leading through change. So um, thanks, everybody. And uh, thanks to the amazing Deborah, Hitten and Ian. Let's catch up in a week's time. All right. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. That's all, folks. Please subscribe through Google Podcast to keep up to date with our future episodes. Bye for now.